This is Bottom of the Bill, where we talk about the modern grind of a musician. Album cycle. Oh, hold on, Bill. Give me a second, man. Because we don't know what we're talking Spotify about. Spotify playlist. You keep interrupting me. That's not how we discussed it. Just give me a second, man. We invite established artists Festival on Festival lineups. Can I just get my stuff out real quick? We invite established artists on to share their strategy to success. Marketing strategy. Premier do-it-yourself podcast. Hashtag DIY. Ah, oh, screw it. This is Bottom of the Bill.
you know, the way things are today, it's like everyone's got like a side hustle. Everyone's got like a, like a side gig. They're trying to like make extra money because, you know, you're working two or three jobs or whatever and you can't make your bills or whatever it might be. So everyone's got something they're trying to do on the side. And it's become a very common term over the years. And it was just rolled off the tongue so nicely. It was just like an easy thing to, to do, you know. Side hustle, I like it. It's just a pleasure to work here. We did our last EP here, and it was just a great experience. Jay, you know, the sound engineer, great guy, really has a lot of good insight. So we'll come in with an idea, and we think it's good, you know, but he has, like, tips and stuff to just making it just a little bit better each way. They really capture what we're trying to do. No, I mean, I'd like it if you switched, <laughs> just to add some variety. Uh... Oh, that's ready? Yeah. Whatever, yeah. dude. So you're all staring at him. So don't look like Ray in the camera? <laughs> Take one. I'm Billy I'm from Kentucky. She. Cool guys. I can feel you vibrating from in here, man. Hanging out. Couple of guys. Anton from South Florida. Get some social media, you know. That sucks. Wow, look at those snaps, bro. Drink a, <laughs> drink a DMV. Take a take a clonopin or something and chill out. Did you play like your your uh? Not from the smallest town on Long Island. <laughs> Sean from New York. Can I add that in there? Fix that in post. Fix that in post. I knew you had a post. Aaron from Jacksonville. This part? Yeah. Well, I went back to his previous take because it was better. It's, better. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a long story, honestly. But uh, yeah, we were playing in different bands. I moved up to Jacksonville and I met Aaron. And then he joined the band almost right away. And then these guys were playing in different bands that had broken up. And they were available, so they joined this one. And that's kind of the short story of it. of emotions or back history were you going through writing this piece? I had heard about somebody that was saying something about me that wasn't true. Like in a life that they've had a toxic relationship with or currently have that person in their life. And I don't know, it's just something that I think most people would understand listening to it. That's kind of what was going through my head. Definitely has like an upbeat kind of groove going on, but then there's like, you know, the chorus kind of like lays back a little bit. It's a little bit more melodic. And, uh, but the song is very lyric driven. There's a lot going on musically, but probably like the least complex of everything that we're doing. It's really more about like the, the lyrical content on that one. 
And what was the purpose of writing Bounce? It was just a catchy melody. The song doesn't really have a meaning. Most of my songs are like pretty stupid. <laughs> I mean, they're not stupid, but they're they're silly. Like, I write silly songs. Usually when I write a song, I hear the melody first, and then I try to, you know, put everything else around it. I write stuff that people just, you know, hear it, it gets in their head, it gets stuck in their head, and they can dance to it. It's like, bounce with me, baby, those are the words. It's just a stupid thing, you know, that's probably been said a hundred million times, and bounce with me, baby, those are the words. It's just a stupid thing, you know, that's probably been said a hundred million times in different music, you know. Um,
to his previous take because it was better. better. Right. Yeah. That's kind of a long story, honestly. But uh, yeah, we were playing in different bands. I moved up to Jacksonville and I met Aaron and then he joined the band almost right away. And then these guys were playing in different bands that had broken up and they were available so they joined this one and that's kind of the short story of it. I had heard about somebody that was saying something about me that wasn't true. I just got like an, like a, like an urge to write a song about it. And I think that uh, most people, again, kind of have somebody in their life that they've had a toxic relationship with or currently have that person in their life. And I don't know, it's just something that I think most people would, would understand listening to it. That's kind of what was going through my head. Definitely has like an upbeat kind of groove going on, but then there's like, you know, the chorus kind of like lays back a little bit. It's a little bit more melodic. And, uh, but the song is very lyric driven. There's a lot going on musically, but 
probably like the least complex of everything that we're doing. It's really more about like the, the lyrical content in that one. And what was the purpose of writing Bounce? It was just a catchy melody. The song doesn't really have a meaning. Most of my songs are like pretty stupid. <laughs> I mean, they're not stupid, but they're they're silly. Like, I write silly songs. Usually when I write a song, I hear the melody first, and then I try to, you know, put everything else around it. I write stuff that people just, you know, hear it, it gets in their head, it gets stuck in their head, and they can dance to it. It's like, bounce with me, baby, those are the words. It's just a stupid thing, you know, that's probably been said a hundred million times in different music, you know? Um, so it's just to try to get people to dance. And the, the last thing too, uh, so I, I could do this, I could hold it during that uh, bounce, or that, that virus lead, and then I could take it away. I uh, really like James Murphy from LCD Sound System. He talks about how he didn't get his start until he was about like 35, 36 years old, where he actually started doing his own thing and being afraid of failure. That was like the theme of the whole interview. And he thought for sure that he was gonna um, just fail and that would be the end of the world to him. So. That's really spoke to me and I feel like that really uh, made me want to pursue music more. When I was younger, I just wanted to play drums and my parents are very set on if you're going to do something, do it right. So they were like, well, you know, find yourself a teacher and then we'll, you know, get your lessons. And I, I was fortunate enough, the first teacher that I had was a, um, like a world-renowned percussionist. He was teaching at one of the local colleges. He just took me to all these different shows. So like I got to go, you know, backstage to Broadway musicals that were, you know, traveling Broadway shows that would come into town. I got to sit with him while he worked with dancers. He would do jazz shows. He did orchestral stuff, you know. So it was it was interesting to see you know this one individual who could go almost anywhere and play with anyone. And um, that was really inspiring because there's no limitations. I kind of see what they're saying, that the tone doesn't really bother me that much, it's more of just the... As far as like an inspiration to really do this uh, for a living, I would say probably my dad was a big inspiration growing up, I'd go see him play a lot. I would hear all these stories from back in like the 70s and 80s when he had his band and he was on the road. And it was always, it sounded like a very cool lifestyle. Not to mention that I love music, so those things combined, but it was also working jobs I didn't enjoy, feeling like I was just not being fulfilled in my life. And so I took the chance to start doing music for real. And the second I started doing that, everything just felt better. Just being in that pursuit, knowing that you're in it and doing it, just makes me feel, you know, fulfilled. You should have Aaron produce me here. No, no, Anton, you keep it down. So for me, I played trumpet growing up, and uh, I played, you know, in concert band growing up. First chair, by the way. But, uh, still uh, nerd. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I don't. I, they've never even heard me play trumpet, which is funny. But anyways, uh, I think it was around like seventh or eighth grade. I joined the jazz band. Up until that point, I always had to just read what was ever on the sheet. And then a jazz band, like the first year, we get to a section, and the conductor's like. Uh, 
go ahead, it's go for a solo. And I'm like, a solo? I'm like, what the hell is a solo? I'm like, I need to read it. And he's like, no, you don't, you don't need to read it, right? So that was like, a, for me, a turning point just in music. As I got older, I started playing bass and uh, I don't know, I just, I, I've been to some, some like big shows, so I'm into all sorts of music, but I mean, jam music, I'm really into. And uh, a reason for that is the same thing. You go to a show, everything's open, you know? The possibilities are endless. So when it comes to like jazz and then also jam music, that's what I like. I like, you know, going and having an experience at a concert. And I love being on stage, although I never really look like I'm having fun when I'm on stage. <laughs> yeah, I've got to work on that. Uh, I love bringing that to people. That's the reason I do it. Yeah, so uh, this is the van that uh, Billy so affectionately calls Olga. This is the uh, where we put all of our gear when we're on the road. Show where we hang out at. See, we got some guitars and just random shit laying around. It's uh. Chair closest to the window is typically where Sean will sit, and Aaron sits on this side over here. This is uh, where Billy and I man the ship. Yeah, typically uh, you hear about bands going out and partying a lot uh, after, or when they're on the road or after shows and stuff like that. We just go back to the hotel and play poker. Like religiously, we play poker, like Texas Hold'em and stuff like that. We play poker, actually. Like that's our thing. He's got his oh, <laughs> uh, we'll go back to the hotel room or wherever we're staying. We'll play like a quick game of poker to wind down. Who's usually the best player in Texas Hold'em? Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna regret saying this on camera, but uh, Sean is definitely the best player. The best player uh, probably is Sean. Did any of them mention poker yet? No. No, okay, I'm the best for sure. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Yo, Sean, you gotta get going a few minutes. Um, Yo, Billy. So when on tour, how do you try to stay organized and keep safe during travels? Uh, most of the time I, I just try to have uh, me time. Uh, I'll either, you know, practice a little bit, uh, play some games on my phone. You know, when you're on the road after a while, it, everything starts bleeding together. So, you know, you're either in a car or you're in a bar or you're in a venue. Um, so, really, it's just to the next thing. Most of the time, it's just four dudes staying in one tiny hotel room and everyone's got to share a bed with somebody else. And so, it's like, it just makes it worthwhile and usually, uh, Usually we try to buy a big bottle of Makers and by the end of it, it's all gone. Those things kind of make everything a little bit smooth. Plus having AC in a car now is nice because for about two years we didn't have that. <laughs> that was fun. I was trying to take it all in, you know? Yeah. To do all this traveling. To like the... If you're an original band and you're trying to tour, there's no, mostly no guarantees at a lot of the original venues. You gotta bring people in, buy tickets, cover charges, and that's how you make money. But when you're playing in a new city, nobody knows you, right? Because you've never been there. 
So the first couple of times you hit a new city, it's just like it could just be crickets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you could play one night like we played in uh, in Columbia, South Carolina, and it was just there was nobody there. Right. And I remember Anton just feel, feeling real down about it. Like, oh, man, we came all the way up here. There's nobody here. I was like, you know, it's OK. And then the next night we played at Asheville Music Hall and it was like an amazing show, you know, sold out house we played with other bands there that definitely helped that we got in front of a lot of people and like we we were on a high from that show for a long time so it, it's just like it's so up and down i try and have as much planned out as possible before we actually go on the road so like knowing where we're going to stay at knowing how long it's going to take us to get to the next place figuring out like what our budgets are going to be while we're out there between gas and lodging and hotels having all the information for the gigs making sure it's all confirmed promoters or booking agents talent buyers whoever I'm speaking with that's pretty much what it is I mean just making sure you're as prepared as possible to keep yourself from going insane This experience has been crazy for a lot of bands and a lot of people. Relationships in general have taken a hit with COVID. I think that um, a lot of bands have broken up because there's not been a focus on what to do anymore. Gigs dried up. People don't see a reason to continue going, whatever it might be, because that day-to-day -day is gone right now. There's nothing to do there, you know? I'm going to take you with the good times. I'm going to take you with the bad times, too. When it comes to, like, budgeting for the album, we had months worth of gigs, you know, that we were gonna dedicate a lot of that money towards coming back here. So especially like Anton, like I said, he doesn't have another job. So, you know, funds dried up real quick. It's not typical of a lot of bands pursuing a career in original music, but we play a lot of bars around town because that's how we get our finances to go on the road. Studio time, marketing, promo stuff, whatever it might be. We're, it's all very DIY at the, at the level that we're at. We don't have any kind of label support. We don't have any kind of outside finances coming in to, to, to fund projects. So we did the online fundraiser for the album, and that went over really well. Yeah, we felt the love and support from Oh, yeah. 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 Like a Facebook stream and yeah. Yeah. got it produced and everything. Yeah. Raised some money. And I like that. Everybody <laughs> just feeling the love for Side Hustle. I think that with this downtime, we've made it a point to really just focus on practicing and writing and, you know, becoming better musicians and it's a better band overall. Doing everything you can do. Yeah. We're doing it literally everything we can do yeah. <laughs> without actually playing a show. So. Yeah. We're coming to rehearsal and Anton will have just a little idea for a song and then we'll just work the whole rehearsal and try to make something about it, you know? We're a little
in the regular day to day before COVID, you get so caught up worrying about all those other things that you, you don't practice and you don't rehearse the right way. Yeah, you keep on thinking you're going to have like more time next week and the next week is booked. Now that it's not booked, it's like, oh, it can actually get down to writing songs and everything. COVID has given everybody an opportunity to slow down and you guys have taken advantage of it. Whereas other people are sitting there drinking and saying, oh, well, I'll do it later. I think we're still, 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 still drinking a little bit. Still drinking a little bit. You're drinking that car, bro. creativity, okay? Uh, so, so I'm yeah. like, you're, you're talking about... Yeah, so this album's going to be a lot more collaborative. Like we definitely all had a lot more say in the writing process. So we, I think as a group, we're finding a niche and our songwriting, we're really aiming to just have fun because that's really when good music comes out. It's when you're enjoying yourself and everything is just lining up. We had two years of developing it and writing it together. It sounds more mature, I think. The little ending, we're not doing that. We're just going to play it. Why? Because that's how we're going to do it. It's a song, Bill. What song is this? Which one? Uh, good Times. Good Times. Okay. Which that the one might not be their actual name. Um, so isn't that a show? In the past, on the last album, it was like, hey guys, here's my song. Play this, play that. And that's how the songs were started. So this one's a little bit different because we've all put in a lot of our style into it. It was a lot less of like someone been sitting on a song for like two or three years and like now we finally have a band to play it with. It was more like, hey, I have this idea, let's build on this. So you could expect from it a lot more collaboration. It's original. You know, what you expect is about to happen, is it? It's something different. I mean, you'll get some of the same ideas, catchy funk songs and R&B soul stuff as well. You know, and we have these like really interesting parts, different time signatures. I think you're going to hear a lot more of what we're sounding like now and probably a lot more of what we're going to continue to sound like moving forward. This album's going to make people think. As soon as we finalize this album and it comes out, we want to go on tour with it and promote the heck out of it for the next year. What we're trying to do is we're trying to build up our name in different places, not just in Florida. So I think a little bit more traveling, music venues, festivals, that's really what we want to get into. I mean, it's only going to get better. Each year that passes by, we get more and more cohesive and we get tighter. Um, and I think that's only going to grow, you know. It's an exponential curve when it comes to bands sometimes. You just can't quit. A lot of bands don't see results immediately. As soon as you quit, like you just lose all the opportunity. Hey guys, Anton LaFlum here from Side Hustle. So we have some pretty exciting news today. I'm very passionate about the grind that is being a DIY artist and I think it's important that people realize what that actually means. Alright, day four, to get started, wake these guys up. People see like their favorite local bands and then they separate like pop artists that are on the radio. And as far as what needs to be done, there really is no separation in terms of goals and how you get there. To achieve a certain result, it's objectively what you have to do. Not what you have to do, it's objectively what has to be done. Uh, you can ask me to do something. By doing something like this, I want to show people like what we actually have to go through. It's not just playing bars and making money and then, you know, partying. So there's like real steps and real thinking and how to compete in, a, in an international industry. We want to have a multifaceted business. So 
Um, going back to your question, I think that we want to keep doing things that are going to disrupt the DIY market. What advice would you give young music musicians coming up? Let me start that over. What advice would you give young musicians coming up? Well, I mean, honestly, like, no matter what you do, if you put your heart and soul into something, there's going to be haters out there. There's going to be people who want to push you down because they, they never took that leap. You know, they never actually bet on themselves. And as a musician, it's very easy to get caught up in, oh, they're better than me, or, oh, I like their sound, or I'm better than them, when there's, like, this measuring contest. At the end of the day, if you wake up and you're doing what you do and it makes you happy, do it. On the flip side of that, it's going to be hard. You don't wake up and you're amazing. You know, you, you have to put in the time. You have to put in the effort. You have to fail. Because that's what teaches you how to succeed. When I first started playing music, I had that bad attitude. Like, why is that band playing this festival? Like, oh, they suck, right? But it's like, you should be happy for other people's success. As you get more mature as a musician and as an artist, you start, like, celebrating other people instead of putting people down. Because it really does nothing for you. It just makes you salty. There's enough creativity for everybody. Yeah, don't be salty, especially in front of people. Just if you have an opinion and it's a bad one, keep it to yourself. But at the same time, like ask yourself why you have that opinion. Don't be jealous of other people's success and don't hate on it. We should be trying to help everybody out. Another piece of advice, though, for, for a lot of upcoming musicians is just a studio experience in general, like being prepared for that. Up, I always underestimate the level of stress that sometimes you're put under when you're under that kind of an auditory microscope, you know? I think it'll be easier if I can do it without everybody in the room. It's just I'm getting a little distracted. It doesn't matter how many times I've done this. I never seem to learn as much as I thought I learned the last time. I always come back in and there's like a new situation that I was like, oh, I completely forgot that that could happen here. This is right, it sounds different with the music. You're, you're hearing every imperfection. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying it's, it, it sounds like on the very last measure though that you're doing something different, are you not? Is that just how you're... Every little thing that you thought sounded good all of a sudden doesn't sound right anymore. We'll try, just try and bring out that little uh, upbeat note a little bit more. Are you not doing something different? On the, uh, on the last time, the very last time where we're holding it out. Um, and you're kind of having to set your egos completely aside to really work together to try and create something that's going to sound like what everybody wants it to sound like. Okay, let's listen back one more time. Being locked in a room for 10 hours a day uh, that has no windows and it's treated to be soundproofed. Plus the frustration of listening to yourself fail at something over and over and over again until you finally get it right. That can be pretty daunting. I just need to get out of this room for a second. Yeah. I already hate it. <laughs> I'm just gonna hold it all the way through. I already hate it. God damn it! Just run it back. Well, there's probably some usable stuff in there. Ah. But at the end of the day, I can't stress how important it is and how satisfying it all is because of the work that goes into it. 
and what comes out of it, you know. I've never felt so free as when I when I play music. You know, you go out into the world and there's all these stipulations that you can't say this, you can't do that. You can do something that sounds bad, you know, or you can do something that sounds great, you know, yeah. but that freedom. It's hard to put into words really, but it's like this, you know, outer body experience almost. It's like a flow state. Definitely when it comes to being in the studio, every option's available to you in this place. So there's all these new ideas that start to come out of that. And yeah, you have to be very open to experimenting and staying creative when you're here. Don't get offended. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Right now, I think uh, you guys probably want to jam out some more, right? Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> Trying that's to get back to work. Yeah. I want to listen to Anton play guitar solos for another 12 hours here. You play Trump about to happen. <laughs>
you look at me, you know, it's the only two of them.
So shout out to my one class guy.